their food butt. Food butt. <laughs> I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode 195 of Video Games Hot Dog, a podcast. Sometimes I feel like Huckleberry Hound. Do you? Yeah. A little Droopy bit. dog? Sure. Are they the same person? I, was one of them the sheriff? <laughs> the, yeah, Dro- uh, Droopy, Droopy dog was is, is not the sheriff. the same guy. Now, was Droopy Deputy Droopy Dog was, the sheriff? Well, I, I, I could dog. swear I could remember uh, Droopy having a little star pinned to his chest. In some cartoon. Yeah, it might have been like a specific episode. episode. Yeah. Yeah. Was there ever a uh, Tom and Jerry that took place in the Old West? That would not surprise I me. I think I kind of recall one. Yeah. Was there ever a The Flintstones that took place in the Wild West? No. Maybe? Jetsons? There was the one time the Jetsons <laughs> went over the holodeck. I never Jetsons. Did the, did the Jetsons just live above the Flintstones? Is that the, is that the sort of mythology oh i always assumed it was the future of the same world but i guess it's possible that the that the, the floating the, city was the floating, floating above the... was, yeah we've that's talked about this before there is an extended intro on the first episode of the jetsons that that explains that mankind like destroyed the planet and had to flee to the skies oh, really? in order to survive yeah wow um, and and that's that's why but yeah maybe maybe the 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 stone age has occurred again below sure they, they bombed the earth back to the stone age okay yeah that would explain why they're a modern stone age family right yeah, yeah sure um and also while they live contemporaneously with dinosaurs because they've been bred in right. jurassic park like uh attractions ah, in okay. the future and they have all these dinosaur based inventions like the 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 bird phonograph that a regular uh, Stone Age family would not yet have invented. They're they're replacing right. the old technologies. Yeah, they've got some sort of weird like racial memories of of like iPhones and yeah. cars and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I remember the Flintstones using that one dinosaur as an iPhone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just poking in the eye. <laughs> um. So uh, what? So the Flintstones was the honeymooners, right? What was the Jetsons? Was it anything in particular? Oh. Hmm. I think it was also the Honeymooners. Oh, well, rats. <laughs> now the Honeymooners didn't have kids. And they had a they had the the robot maid. So, was it the Brady Bunch maid? Yeah, maybe the Brady Bunch. They were, I mean, they were fewer of them. Yeah, yeah, fewer of them. But the Brady Bunch like without the central conceit kind of. of the... Yeah, okay, leave it to Beaver. There you sure. go. They had two kids. They didn't have a maid, though. Didn't they? No. No, I guess not. I guess June took care of all yeah, that. Yeah, she was, she was a work-at-home mom. Mm. Homemaker. How have you guys been? Pretty good. I'm, uh, I've nearly got all my furniture built, and I've started unpacking books onto shelves. So wow. apart from the giant piles of boxes everywhere, it's still it's, it's starting to look like a, a real apartment. This has taken multiple weeks, Riff. Well, I, I because I I have work and stuff to do. I haven't been I haven't been spending the entire day on it. You know. Sure. Boy, I would not be able to stop just seething until that was all done. You have a different temperament than I do. Yeah, I think I would have just not worked for two or three days and gotten everything like all set up or and then... slept. Well, it takes an unusual yeah. amount of time. It takes longer than you think to build IKEA bookshelves. It, it took like three or four hours each. Yeah, I've lived in this house for like I've lived in this house for like a year and a half, and I still have furniture that's not unpacked. 
furniture that's not unpacked. I, I think that what we can conclude from that is that's furniture you don't need. Yeah, you're probably lighten, <laughs> lighten your load, Jim. That's probably smart. Yeah. yeah, that was my my dad's advice when I was moving was like, all, you've got a bunch of boxes from when you moved to Arizona that are still packed, don't you? And I said yes, and he said throw them away. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that's not. Depends on what's in the boxes. <laughs> like, there's a bunch of, like, I have a handful of memorabilia boxes that I haven't opened in 10 years, but I. Yeah, I, 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 did, I did not wholesale throw those boxes away, but I did go through them and almost everything in them got chucked. Wow. Yep. I mean, I don't know that I'm ever going to look anything up. So I don't know that I'm going to look anything up in the first edition monster manual mm -hmm. in the next four or five years. But I'd like it there in case I uh, need to. First edition monster manual is on my shelf. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm uh, about to convert Jenny's old room into my tabletop RPG library slash guest room. But it's first and foremost a tabletop RPG library. Okay. You know, I never play. Is it a lending library? RPGs. Sure, you can borrow. I mean, half of it's yours. <laughs> I inherited it from you when you got rid of some boxes you hadn't opened in 10 years. Those weren't even, those had been at my mom's house since college. Mm. So those were 20 years. Zach, do you want some boxes that I have no idea what's in them? <laughs> sure. Oh, wow. It's like a, it's like a raffle. Ooh. No, it's like, it's like one of those, uh. Grab bag? No, the estate, it's not exactly an estate sale. The, uh, the. The storage unit sales where they like open the drawer the door and you bid on what's in there right without yeah. knowing the contents like those reality shows i guess is that a is that a show that's on tv yeah so. there's like storage unit shows wars there's yeah, storage, storage wars, wars where yeah. each person gets a some deadbeats storage unit or a dead person you know a dead person a deadbeat okay who knows dead something dead beatnik it's yeah, always like you know a dead letter office is where all the bills went so they couldn't collect on them it's okay. always something yeah so two teams two storage units then they have to build a mech out of the oh. contents oh. of each nice. storage so like unit. junkyard wars. Yeah, except, except, oh, that's yeah, great. except one guy's like, fuck, this was just a pillow collector. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it ends up being like kind of Mega man -y because it's like, oh, all right, this is like Hummel figurine man that we've built. And, and the other one is like rusty saw blade man. It's like, well. But if there was a storage of, unit full line. of, if there was a storage unit full of like refrigerated steaks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd be pretty great if there was like a, you, each team got to sort of the the skeleton of a mech that was fully functional, and then they just had to like oh construct the weapons and yeah, and like okay. fill fill it out with whatever sure. else was in there. So it's like one just looks Create like a the personality of that book particular Mega Man boss. Yeah. Wow, I kind of want to just make a video game of this. Like all yeah. there's a bunch of different objects, and they just have properties like sharp, you know, burns easily or whatever, and then you just attach them to different points. On your on your mech skeleton, you can be all out of balance if you put a couch on one arm and a right. and a feather on the other. Reminds <laughs> me of that card game you were working on. Oh yeah, maybe this is the maybe this is the twist that you needed. Oh yeah, storage Roboken. <laughs> just couch, just couch. Just have have Some a of deck of just... cards that you shuffle. That's just different random things and deal everybody twenty of them or whatever. Well. Do you guys want to do some listener's mail, or do you have any stories to tell about things that you've been up to? We zapconned. Oh, I guess we zapconned, yeah. That went super, super well. It really did. Nice. We had we had a 60% increased attendance over last year. Wow. Is that, that's not true, is it? 
with 60% more attendees than last year, right? Wasn't it like a, th- it was a thousand people last year and like 1600 this year. It was 1216. Oh, well, so. it's fine. But it's still a lot. I mean, you know, that's 400 extra people. There's a lot more people. We moved it to a completely different city, uh, which yeah. we were afraid was going to result in us getting less. But we just got so much press attention. It was crazy. It was really good. Yeah. Like multiple, multiple news stations wanted to do the weather from various locations. <laughs> <laughs> they did a second news station wanted to do the weather from the event venue on like at four in the morning on Friday, which is like, the, well, none of us get there until eight because they don't let us in. Um, so and it isn't even set boring. up. That's the load in yeah. day. So there would have been just nothing and it would have just been an empty convention center. I mean, it would have been floor. fine to do it during load in day. It wouldn't have been any stupider than the one from my house. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so do we know if doing the weather from some novelty location is like, is that an Arizona thing? I have no idea. Definitely seems to be. I the I met one of my neighbors uh, the other day because uh, she asked if we were moving out, and we said, "Nah, just one one of us is." And uh, she said, "Oh, I saw you on the news the other day." <laughs> oh yeah. She's like, "Yeah, I saw the live TV van outside." We were like, "Weird. I wonder what's going on." And then we turned on the TV, and there you were. Like, okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> You're famous. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least instead of them thinking that I'm a drug dealer, right. now they will just think I'm a huge dork. I mean, or I guess I might think, think that I'm a huge dork drug dealer. Drugs to the dealer. weatherman. Okay, yeah, dealing dork. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I saw there were some neighborhood kids uh, walking by while I was out on my on my little screened-in patio in the back, and we could hear them, but they couldn't see us. And they said that house is weird. I think a bunch of college guys live there. So we're projecting correct image. <laughs> right, a bunch of college guys. I, that's what I feel like. I feel like a bunch of college guys. Zapcon was a tremendous success. Yeah, um, it everything went like eerily smoothly. Yep, a bunch of a bunch of additional games, a lot more space. Nothing seemed crowded. We had a cool space paranoids cabinet. Yeah, uh, which was neat. We had a Polybius cabinet, which was also pretty cool. That's yep. probably what protected us. You think? Mm-hmm. All of the bad mojo just went into the brains of the people who played Polybius. I played some Polybius. Uh oh. Gosh. Yep. This is, is probably going to be. Isn't a that really like the game. snow crash game that cr- crashes your brain? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yes, it does. Oh, is that a homebrew thing? No, I don't know. It just showed up. Yeah, it just Jim, arrived. We don't know where it's from. Oh, that's pretty cool. Anyway, we own it now because no one came to collect it. Yep. Huh. Is it in this house? No. Okay, good. I don't think so. <laughs> Man, I hope not. You just keep turning around. It's like a movie where you keep turning around and there it is. Like, what the Shit. fuck? How did this even get up the stairs? Like, what? <laughs> it's is- like Spooky Watson. Yeah, <laughs> except like he weighs 900 pounds. <laughs> I'm sure those things don't weigh 900 pounds. I'm guessing an arcade cabinet weighs like 300 pounds. Yeah, Ugh. an average one. Some of them weigh more like four or five. All but... of my bones hurt <laughs> from the loading and unloading. Yeah, of... and I didn't even do very much of it. I can't even imagine how Wes's bones feel. Yeah, Wes, Wes is the real champion of this whole endeavor. He like he's the champion that moved my champion pub pinball machine. He moves. He who moved done all it? of West did all move of the my who done it pinball machine. <laughs> um. All right, you guys want to do some listeners' mail? Sure. Sure. Liam right. Ferris says. Oh, sorry, Jim. Jim. What? Huh? Were you gonna say something? Well, now that you ask, <laughs> I was just saying yes. Let's do listeners' mail. But fine, I'll tell a story. I. Uh, <laughs> I uh, was at a Thai restaurant. Uh, we ordered uh, we ordered one of those dishes that like has a heat source attached to it, like Tomka guy soup. Well, it might it might have in fact been that. 
Okay. Um, and we were like, this is completely inedible because it's too hot and we can't wait for it to cool down because it's it just not- keeps getting hotter <laughs> sitting there. <laughs> right. So we asked the, uh, the waitress to like turn off the heat. And I thought it would be like a, I thought it would be like a propane situation where she turns a knob and the f- fire goes away. But she reached in and she pulled out this dish of burning pellets and kind of stared at it and then like walked into the back of the restaurant and like the, the doorway to the, into the back was like blocked off by curtains. So you could see her like trying to like pull the curtains aside and not set them on fire. <laughs> well, well, just walking through the restaurant with a burning dish. It was great. And then she tripped <laughs> over a garbage can and nearly. <laughs> Well, it nearly spilled everything. Jim, that story kept almost getting good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. I was imagining she'd open the door to the back room and it was just entirely full of trays of burning pellets. (laughs) (laughs) They They know how to light them, but they don't know how to put them out. (laughs) They bought them them from that creepy old man at that antique store that just opened. (laughs) Nice, yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, yeah, that's... I guess we can do listener's mail now. <laughs> Lame Ferris writes, If you like the idea of pig liposuction for lard, look up moon bear bile harvesting methods, then hate Whoa. that I ever spoke to you. I don't know what a moon bear is. I, yeah, I can, all the words in that phrase are kind of amazing. <laughs> I can guess what bile harvesting is, I guess. I don't... What do you, what do you use moon bear bile for? It's probably some sort of flavor additive. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it's, or like, that's what green apple like is. Like a very specialized machine lubricant. <laughs> there, I saw a, I saw a video of a sun bear, and they're like a kind of bear that's like arboreal, and they've got maybe like a marking on their chest, and they've got this really awesome, really long tongue. Uh, so maybe a moon or bear. Or there's the ones that have kind of goggle eyes like a raccoon. The sun bears? Yeah. I didn't know. Well, maybe a Did little bit. Did you know bit. that the Germans refer to... Uh, raccoons as wash bears because they wash their food. I have heard that. Yeah. From me. I always assume I always assume whenever I hear an animal name I haven't heard of, it's some sort of bacteria. Yeah. Yeah, like a what water water bears. bears, bears, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tardigard. Tardigard? Isn't that isn't that their real name? Isn't that a guy Mm -hmm. from Game of Thrones? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Ferris of KOL says what do you think of the phone tethering controversy? Should you be able to use the bandwidth the way you like without regard to the device that is being used on? Wait, there's is a there controversy? a controversy anymore? So I, I, I was I was messing with my headset. Did he did you say bone tethering? Yeah, bone. What do you think of the bone tethering controversy? Shouldn't you be able to use your skeleton the way you like without regard to whether it is inside or outside of your body? I should hope so. Um, I use my spine as the string of a balloon. Huh. And that uh, I, don't, I didn't know brain? that there was and yeah, in a way, aren't we all? <laughs> I I mean I know that like on my old grandfathered in unlimited data plan with AT and T, I wasn't able to I wasn't allowed to tether my phone, right? Uh, which you know that's fine, whatever. Because you had unlimited data, I'm going to keep dragging my heels. I don't get to, uh, the new features. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's they that's did. basically where I'm at. I mean, I think the problem is that they there is a limited capacity for cellular data, and if people start using it for their laptops everywhere, it will degrade the service for everyone, and so they're probably just trying to stop that from happening. It's like one of those, it's like Netflix 
throttling the people who like rent four DVDs a day and rip them all and send them back. Like, yes, you get unlimited DVDs, but like that's kind of against the spirit of it. And so like, eh, I was sort of okay with them slowing, slowing that down, you know? I was watching a movie a day with like a two or three movie rotation for a while. And didn't they eventually they, throttle you? Or they, they didn't, didn't ever throttle me. I feel like that is within normal tolerances. It was the, it, the people getting throttled were the ones that were like four movies a day. Cause all they were doing was ripping every movie that Netflix had sure. to their library, which like, yes, technically you're allowed to do that, but like, it's not going to work if everyone does well, that. So like on Netflix's end, you're allowed to do that. The ripping itself, you're not allowed to do. Well, sure. Sure. That's just, I don't know. I, I have a hard time getting head up about realistic restrictions being imposed on services that have complicated sets of real world dependencies yeah. that they're worried about. But I don't know. Yeah. I have Jim, a slightly you, you different perspective on this. You can do everything. Uh, if I did, I would, if I could root it. I mean, if I did root it, rather, I could do that, but I haven't yet. Um, I have a slightly different perspective on this in that, like, I have a limited data plan. I think I get, like, five gigabytes a month. Um, and so if I hooked that, if I, started, if I started, like, BitTorrenting over that, it would just be gone in an instant. Um, and uh, tethering is, like, it's a menu option that I have, but when I try to select it, it, like, tells me to to improve my plan because that costs more. Huh. But that's just, just like, a software we know, restriction. We like, know you're about to do something stupid. You really need to improve your plan before you enable this feature. <laughs> Think about this a little I, harder. That, the, but that is just a software restriction. Like, I could, uh, if, I, if I were to root my Android, and uh, frankly, I bet you could root your iPhone and do the same thing. Yeah, I just don't want to root. It. Yeah. I don't want to root, root, root it for the home team. Sure. I'm the home team. Apple's the visitors. <laughs> Stinks after three days, two days. How long does it take fish and visitors to stink? Depends on whether you refrigerate them. Okay. <laughs> if, you make them sleep, if you make them sleep in the ice box. I mean, you make them sleep with the fishes. Uh, Ferris of KOL says, it may be difficult to situate, but could you say the name of the game and whether it is freeware or abandonware or pay game at the end of your discussion about that game? Oh wow! I've I yeah, bad about that. I've had people ask me for that too, and like, it's so hard to remember. Yeah, huh? We'll try. I mean, every time we get reminded of it, it's there in our heads again. There are a bunch of iOS games I play that I don't know if I paid for them or if they were free. Yeah, because you don't give a. Well, fuck. even even just the name would help a lot. I think yeah. the name of the game. Yeah. Okay. Cunning Gabe says, did you guys hear that Chips Challenge and never-before-released Chips Challenge 2 are coming to Steam in May? <laughs> I only found out about Chips Challenge 10 or so years ago, and I had a lot of fun making levels in various homebrew level editors. Didn't you have a dream about this riff? Um, oh, <laughs> no, what I had a dream about was <laughs> a version of chess based on the cop show Chips starring Eric Estrada, which you and I were playing, and you won because you had the subscription plan that gave you a free turn coupon every month, and you'd save them up. That sounds like something I'd do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, paying for it doesn't sound like something that you would do. Uh, I'm subscribing to something that you weren't using. That that is well, a, that's okay. not a Kevin move. That's well, but if move. it if it allowed me to save up free move tokens okay. over like a period to of teach, time to, to just... teach riff a lesson sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah. it was a real elaborate game too we we each had a tennis ball 
and uh, I don't, I, I wasn't sure exactly, or I, in the dream, I knew what the tennis ball was for, but thinking about it, it made no sense. But I, I suggested to you that there should be a rule where you can use your tennis ball to knock the other player's tennis ball out of the, the game area like you can in croquet. And this this suggestion visibly upset you. <laughs> <laughs> Troy says, why do you use Riff for the intro and outro? Is it because he always says the funniest things? Well, no, I always get the intros and outros from the KOL podcast because that's always the thing that I have the audio for uh, mm. right next to me while I'm editing the shows. And I can look at Riff's track. He talks so infrequently on that show that that's just like <laughs> basically a list of the funny things. So I, like, I used to I used to find times that he laughed which would mean then that I could pull something funny that right. Kevin or I had set out to use as the intro and outro. But then I was like, you know, I'm just going to start using the stuff that Riff says because I can just go through all of it. <laughs> like, I can go through everything that you say in the KOL show in, like, four or five minutes just looking You at, should get an intern that knows what funny things are. Huh. What, yeah. a, what about a robot? Maybe voice recognition for humor? Yeah. Siri, is this funny? <laughs> Oh, uh, regarding uh, Chips Challenge, um, that the creator of Chips Challenge did a kickstarted game recently called Chuck's Challenge, which is the same kind of game but with like a like weird alien abstract theme. Um, is Chips Challenge like a Sokoban? Yeah, I don't thing? know what Chips Challenge. Yeah, it's is. it's like it's like Sokoban with a bunch of extra rules. Like it keeps adding more and more rules, and it's like. Thematically, it's like you're uh, you're trying to get into the computer club, and Melinda needs you to like go through these rooms to, to the challenges she's laid out, and collect all the chips to to earn her trust or whatever it is. Um, and I remember really loving Chips Challenge in like 1994, um, and not really and, and like being interested in Chuck's Challenge and not really caring about it when I played it. Um, and I'm wondering how much of that is like, how much of it is, is the theme, like getting into the computer club is a theme that would have resonated with me in, at 15, right? Right. And impressing a girl. Um, and like this weird, like alien lava world thing that I remember Chuck's challenge being, it's just like, who, who gives a shit? Um, on the other hand, it might also just be that I liked everything more when I was 15. Yeah. So like stronger feelings then. That's true. Yep. You hated true. everything more too, though. So that's nice. That's that's also true, uh, and I'm wondering. Like, it, I think Chips Challenge Two is going to be an interesting perspective on this, where like, I I I can't like know what 15 year old me would think of Chips Challenge Two, but I can at least know what like it, it's going to have a similar theme, right? Because it it because I read about it and it does. Um, <laughs> uh, and that's something that that's a question that I'll be able to answer. Like, is it is it my age that's different, or is it this, like, theme that I, I don't care about that's different? Both are possible. It was it, interesting to it's, play... It's true. It's true. Shit. What was, uh, what was the game that Jeff Tunnel's company made that we did as an assignment? Incredible Machine? Or? Well, they did the Incredible Machine, but the, the recent, the one that they're working on now, yeah. what is it called? Um, Construction something? The amazing or? Device. Yeah, God damn it. So, this is, I mean, this is kind of the problem, right? It is still a good game. <laughs> it's the same game, right? And the theme is more or less exactly the same. Yeah. Um, 
And it's hard. It's just hard to go back, right? Like you can't. Everybody's first Tony Hawk is the one they like the most. Although people argue with me about that, which maybe it's just because I played the best one first. <laughs> which one did you play first? Three. Yeah, that's the best one. It's also okay. the one I played first. Yeah, there you go. See? <laughs> Corroborated. Joey says, Last night I was listening to episode 181, and Riff mentioned that there are most likely folks having sex while listening to this very episode. I got drunk and gutted fish, but I did not fuck them. Okay. Do you guys ever miss a fingernail when you clip them? I'm looking at my fingernails no. right... I'm looking at my fingernails right now, and there's just one that's really long. And are I re- you sure I- you're not just growing it out for cocaine? <laughs> For, I don't. I don't pretty sure. All at once. So. Okay. What? Yeah. No. I mean, I as each individual one gets too long, I clip that one, and so they're each on kind of a different schedule. It's like rotating. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, so you just, just have fingernail clippers at your desk? Uh, I have a I have a pair of uh, wire cutters. Whoa, that's some hardcore shit, man. Well, I don't even know where to start. Ones. They're little wire carters. Well, okay, fingernail clipper trimmers are like, they're curved like your fingernail is, and the wire cutters are going to be curved like wires are. I, I cut my fingernails with do scissors. You, do your fingernails resemble wires? Really? Yeah. He does. I've mm, seen him do it. That seems harder because they, because scissors have, because the blades have an overlap that a wire cutter or a, or a, nail clipper does not an overlap yeah they they go they they go adjacent to each other instead of well, but meeting at the point that they meet is when you've cut the stuff away and you sure but it doesn't matter be behind yeah, that but you have like i agree with riff it seems less convenient get in the way yeah no, convenient it does not hmm. okay i mean you're the only person i've ever met that agrees with you so <laughs> I, I, it's okay i'll just I, make I, more I, of me I've got all these fingernails. I fucked my fingernails up. <laughs> I fucked my fingernails up enough that I like that the idea of using like weird tools to to deal with them seems like a really bad idea. I, fingernail clippers to me seem like weird tools, honestly. Yeah, like the scissors scissors just seem like the natural way to cut everything, right? <laughs> so you know, I uh, I clean my fingernails with the bottle opener on my Leatherman. Okay. Because I like that better than I like the little jagged metal thing that slides out of a fingernail clippers, which I think yeah, I feel like people use any pointy thing you can use for that. It's fine. Yeah, you can just use your teeth. Ugh, God, Ew, gross. gross. Good I job. Gross myself good, out. Good job. <laughs> Imagining, I mean, scrape that stuff out and then just pop it in your mouth. Roll it up in a little ball. Can it, just get the Lamisil goblins to clean your fingernails for oh, you. Man, this have you guys played? Any video games, please. <laughs> uh, I have not played much of anything new. I, I, uh, I'm I still stuck in the same place on La Mulana, and I got a little bit deeper into Monster Hunter 4, and that's starting to get pretty compelling, actually. Um, it At first, it seems nigh incomprehensible, because there in, in Monster Hunter 4, there are no... Uh, stats inherent to your character like there's there's no experience points there's no levels there's no skills or skill points or anything like absolutely everything having to do with your character is in your equipment and consequently your equipment has a ton of different numbers on it and it's kind of baffling at first but once you 
like once you get because you can ignore most of it to begin with and then once you get further in the game you start realizing and figuring out what all these different numbers and statistics mean and it becomes a lot clearer how, how would you compare it to dark souls Ooh, mm, the combat is uh not dissimilar at least for the at least for the weapon setup i'm using because i'm using like a, a close-in uh melee fighting um style but um it's not as technical as dark souls like i'm 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 doing a lot more just sort of button mashing and flailing around and getting away with it where whereas in dark souls i would be thrashed for trying that I realized yeah, that yeah, I was listening the, to I, hours of people talking about this game. I don't know what system it's on. Uh, 3DS. Aha. Uh -huh. Preferably okay. the new 3DS because it has that little analog nub on the right side. But if you have the uh, the circle oh, the pad kid, the, Pro the kid thing, Icarus device, the yeah. Icarus device. Yeah. So either either of those options would be would be fine. I think it's the same game either way. Um. Yeah. It's it. You know, it's uh. If you're if you're down with a a uh, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for the the what you do throughout the game how 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 the game plays is you pick a quest which determines which sort of hunting area you're going to and what monster you have to kill or what you know what butterfly you have to harvest or whatever uh, to within an hour to end the quest but during that hour you're free to do whatever you want in that hunting area so long as you eventually fulfill the 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 quest objective within that time limit and so you're you're running around you know uh catching bugs and harvesting ore and picking berries and also killing whatever monsters are around and parts that drop from monsters are crafted into new equipment and things that are harvested from everything else are crafted into consumables and it's just Wait, so like you make you you make consumables out of like metal that you get from ore rather than gear? sometimes yeah because uh, well ore is used for both things but there are some consumable recipes like if you want to make a, a tranquilizer bomb then you need a hunk of iron ore for the bomb casing Aha. that you combine with whatever whatever other ingredient you're using if you want to drink a tincture of copper right <laughs> you want to turn blue for uh, disguise purposes <laughs> you get some silver yeah and uh, so it, it's it is it is a game about farming and grinding and uh, you know the combat is kind of interesting the environments are cool but if you're not interested in going out and hunting the same monster repeatedly until you get the drops that you need to make the next item that you need for your set of armor, then it's not a game that I would recommend. No, R. Kelly teaches us that nothing wrong with a little farm and grind. Yep. Yep. I'm down with that. They, they do some interesting stuff with the gear because it, it really encourages you to gather, to hunt the same monster a lot so you can make a complete set of the gear based on that monster because all the individual bits of gear in a set, um, 
I don't really want to use the word synergize, but that's, I guess, the best word for it. They add up to a build or whatever. Yeah, because, because the way cool. the way skills work in this is gear a, a piece of gear will have some skill points. It'll it'll have like if I've got a piece of armor, it might have five points of sharpening skill on it, or actually more likely two or three points of sharpening skill. And then as you collect more gear that has sharpening skill points on it, those points add up, but they don't do anything until you hit a, a certain uh, milestone. So like if I get enough gear that has enough collective sharpening points on it to give me 10 points of sharpening, then all of a sudden I've got the passive sharpening skill that makes my speed um, sharpening, resharpening my blades faster. And, oh, and that's just some bullshit maintenance thing that you have to do all the time. That that in that particular one is, yeah. But there's I mean there's a t there's at least two dozen different skills that I've seen so far and they'll they'll sort of sharpen and shirt. Do you end up having to switch gear a lot based on what you're doing? Um based on the quest that you're about to go out on, that yeah, you would you probably would want to because some there are areas for example that are extremely cold so you need you need cold weather gear and things like that. That sounds really cool, actually. Yeah, like, it's it's pretty interesting, and and there's also uh, you have to keep an eye on those on those skill points because some of them are negative. So like maybe mm. your maybe your hat that has plus three sharpening also has minus two stun resistance, and if you collect the wrong gear and get up to minus 10 stun resistance, then all of a sudden you've got the double chance Always of being stunned, stunned passive. passive. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's pretty interesting. I really enjoyed in world, like one of my fondest world of Warcraft memories is just grinding these scorpion things in Tenaris with my dwarf hunter gill, uh, to make an entire set of, matching armor for mm. himself but it took so long to get all of the pieces that i was way over leveled for the armor uh, by the time i had a set which i thought was bullshit yeah and, and so, that was that was before a uh, transmog too because so you couldn't you couldn't yeah. make your new good armor look like your sweet old armor yeah but um i mean with if everything that you did was based on your gear, mm -hmm. then that's pretty oh, cool, yeah. right? So, I mean, it's the, like there's always a reason to get a yeah, set of yeah. things because it's like gives you new options like that. That sounds like a I don't like see myself really selling off system. any of the gear that like I might I might eventually sell the well, no, probably not, actually, because the starter gear that you start out with has uh, gathering bonus points on it, which may come in handy eventually. So, yeah, probably no piece of equipment I ever craft will ever be resold. Monster Hunter 4. Yep. For the 3DS. Not free. <laughs> All right. We got this down. Jim, what do you played? Uh, I played a game called uh, Finger Derpy. Which is sort of like a cockney rhyming slang, like double pun, so you can't understand what it's referencing. It's a... Finger derby or derpy? That's, see, that's part of it. It's finger okay. derpy, but it's a, it's based on the Kentucky Derby, 
Okay. But you play with your fingers and your horse is really dumb. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's a it's a game Those where like are pretty dumb. It, this one is like kind of it's 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 quap like in the ineptitude. So it's an endless runner, um, and the controls are you can push a button to um, mo- like accelerate on the left side of the horse, and then push a button to accelerate on the right side of the horse. So it's more like like pad- track and field kind of thing. Well, it's more like paddling a canoe. Okay. Where like it just has like it takes forever to accelerate and decelerate on either side. So like if you push just one side of it, this horse is just going to run in a circle. Um, and then it, this, on? this is this is for phones. It's for uh, Android and iOS, and it's. It's super goofy. It's like thematically goofy as well. Like all the obstacles that you avoid are are like weird references to uh, Kentucky culture, hmm. uh, Louisville, Kentucky culture. Um, that's 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 a set of references I don't often see in video games. Right, right. And there's like a there's a legend, so you understand what they are. <laughs> um, it's it's pretty enjoyable. Um. I've gotten to the point where, like, I'm too good at it because the games take, like, 20 minutes now, which is really not a good length of time for a phone, like, for an Endless Runner kind of a game. Yeah. But I've also been, uh, I went back to uh, King Dugan's Dungeon and Journey to Rooted Hold after playing The Second Sky for a bit, um, and... Oh, by the way, uh, in the in the forums, um, a couple of people were expressing frustration that Kevin did not say anything about Drod, other than that he got to level four. So really, uh, yeah. So what? What did you? <laughs> why don't you talk about Drod for a bit, Kevin? Huh. I I thought I talked about it a little bit. Uh, <clears throat> I enjoyed the puzzles. I I felt like. I enjoyed finding the secret stuff more than solving the puzzles. The puzzles didn't seem, at least where I got to, did not seem that complicated. Right. Um, But finding all the hidden stuff was sort of like an exercise in noticing things and figuring out how to get from place to place. And um, yeah, I I, I didn't, I just didn't delve deep enough into it to really have anything sort of meaningfully comprehensive to say. I do want to sure, defend sure. my proposed control scheme by saying I think I just didn't describe it correctly because okay basically what I was what I was suggesting was just a twin stick control scheme for it which I think would actually be really intuitive if you sat down and tried to use yeah it. so I've been yeah I've got a project that I would like to show you later Zach um, but I think in this case like the the turn-based nature of it, it you, you're not making the decision of what, what direction you want the sword to point in eventually. Um, you're making the decision of what, like, it needs, it can only rotate, like, 45 degrees every turn. Right. So. Uh, but, no, I understand. I, I mean, it just, I, th- I do, I do think that that would have been more intuitive for me. The, the, the actual correct control for that is, like, a knob. Which computers yeah. just don't have. That, sure. that would be nice. I'd uh, like that. They have those on a lot of arcade games. I saw it. 
Galaga. There was a Galaga, or maybe it was a Galaxian. It was a Galaxian that had a control scheme that I had never seen before. It was like a little Bakelite lever that went left and right, and that's how you moved mm. your ship back and forth. It was really cool. Huh. A- anyway. Oh, uh, how, is, how is that distinct from a joystick? Like, uh, uh, so it was bit like a knob that would automatically center itself, but had an offset rod sticking out of it. Huh. Like, I'm tr- I'm trying to think of what. <sighs> I thought I was visualizing what you were describing, but now I'm not so sure. Okay, so imagine that you have a stove knob. Okay. Right now, put take a pencil and connect it to the flat part of the stove knob and extend it out towards you. Okay. And then you're using the pencil to turn Oh, okay. the stove knob just a little bit. Yeah, so like a, so like the rod that sticks out of a crank. Sort of, except you don't Yeah, I guess like that a little bit, except you it only travels like maybe 15 degrees okay. on a side, right? And like so and it and it centers itself. So it is it is like a self-centering joystick but just with a different it just feels weird. It, it's and it, but it's very easy to use. This podcast like a needs a whiteboard machine. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> we could get some sort of uh, conferencing, like teleconferencing, shared uh, whiteboard space. Yeah, then we could, we could like could. then we could argue about how to describe what we just drew. Well, no, we would we would record it and then you could that would just accompany the podcast. Yeah, you could. Oh, I'll try okay, to find a picture yeah. of this this Galaxian controller. Uh, thing to to put in the show notes uh, i also want to say for the record uh, the uh uh when we were talking about drawed last week i said that i had a bug that was causing uh my keyboard to be disassociated so i had to pl- unplug it and plug it back in all the time that turned out to be a problem with my computer in general and not the fault of oh. drawed so so my apologies for implying that this bug existed in that game yeah, that would be a really weird bug to exist at like the level of application software. Yeah. Yeah. You played anything else, Jim? Uh well no, but um I, I so Journey to Rooted Hold and King right. Dugan's Dungeon, like I wanted to um I, I, w- I was kind of frustrated by the second sky by like how how much stuff there was in the game, like in terms of like every they kept adding new things. Um, like different monster types and stuff. Like I did the, yeah, I did that's the sort, sort of the, cheaty tutorial thing where it like it showed you all the different kinds of monsters and what they were going to be like. And I was like, wow, there is a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of stuff, stuff. in the game. Um, and some of it's more fun than others. Um, and some of it, some people are going to like more than others. Like there's a, I, I stopped in every case because like I was at a floor that was like, this is going to take like half an hour and I'm not enjoying this mechanic. Huh. Um, and you know, back when I first played Journey to Rooted Hold, I, I pushed through because I was ex- anticipating, like, the next floor is going to be awesome or whatever. Um, mm. But I think that uh, the other thing was that the second sky, like, just has a lot of lore in it. Like, mm-hmm. a, a lot, and the lore in that game is not good. It's not, like, something that needs to be taken seriously, but they kind of ask you to by just, like, just the sheer voluminousness of it. And it was like Volume it was lore that like sort of fell out of the mechanics of building a game and then building like a sequel and stuff, right? Because it was like you know, there's 
Dugan's Dungeons or whatever had 15 levels, and then we discovered that there were some more levels under that. And I was like, is that just the second game or the, like an <laughs> expansion? Like I was like, it just seemed very much like it was trying to have a a narrative explanation for sequels or whatever, right? Right. Um, uh, the Dugan's Dungeon specifically is very like pure puzzle game. Um, going Dugan's back Dungeon to it, I was the first one. Yeah, I think so. that's the first one, and that was the one that, like, in 1997, was just brutally like just the way it worked was like there was no undo, there's no checkpoints. Uh, you just like start back at the beginning of the room every time you die. Um, mm. Really unpleasant. Um, and then when I played Unity Rooted Hold, which updated Dugan's Dungeon as well to use the new engine, um, it was like right at the level where like I was frustrated by the requirements of execution, but um, it was d- workable for me. And like going back to play those games in the new engine where you have unlimited undo, it's it pretty much ameliorates that stuff. Um, it is now just a game about actually figuring out what to do and doing it as opposed to like trying to figure it, figuring it out and then like trying to do it and failing and then figuring out that really you, you were doing the wrong thing anyway. Hmm. Um, so that stuff is much better now, which is, which is nice. Cause I, I always felt like the good part of that game was the figuring out what to do as opposed to like the, the, the execution, the execution of it. Yeah. So I want to I want to try and describe this control scheme that I've proposed in in a better in a better way that, because I like I recognize how I would have seemed crazy. Imagine that you are playing a rogue, imagine that you're playing a grid based roguelike where you are controlling two guys independently. One of those guys you control with WASD. One of those guys you control with the arrow keys. That's completely comprehensible, right? Yeah. Sure. Second guy is your sword. Sure. So, like, if your sword is above you and there is a roach to the right of your sword, hitting to the right moves your sword one space to the right in the thing that in the in the scheme that I'm describing. Except and then from it's there, not. if you want to move it to the square below it, you can hit down. You can also hit right because then that's just rotating it towards what but one is a rotation. If- one is movement, though. Like, that's but what? But one is rotation and one is movement. No, it's not. It doesn't matter. You could. No, what one happens, is, one what is happens? moving the dude that is your sword. Yeah. So yeah. If, if, okay, your sword is like tethered up. to you by what? one tile rope. Yes, what happens exactly. when you push down? If your sword is pointing up and you press down, nothing yeah. happens because there's ambiguity in that input. Okay. Okay. That like, I, I think, I think actually describing how this control scheme would work on the back end led me to describe things that you would never actually do. <laughs> in a way that made them seem like features of the controls. Like, it seriously, like, if you want your sword to the right of where it is, you hit right, which makes so much more sense to me than hitting either E or Q, depending on whether your sword is pointing north or south. That was the thing that always, always fucked me up. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's like thinking in polar coordinates instead of rectangular, right? Like, you're just... Sure, and I mean, we're yeah, just on I mean, a I could, gr- I could see how either, either way... I, I I feel like either way would work depending on which one you feel like getting used to. Yeah, I'm still weirded I, I out. Like that, used to it. I'm still weirded out, Zach, that you played Skate or Die in Goofy Foot mode, but this wasn't intuitive to you. I mean, it's also I played it 25 years ago. You know, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Like, Foot was considerably goofier back then. That's true. I mean, I also yeah. you know my 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 synapses were more malleable. Uh, and I also just had a lot more time to spend on games that were hard and that I wasn't. Yeah, but, but you you could have just picked the one that was easier for you. Oh, I don't know. It just 
Uh, maybe I just liked that it was called Goofy Foot. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Dead, deadly Rooms of Death. Yeah, we're still talking about it. PC. Uh, not not free. 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 It was free for us. Because <laughs> we're <laughs> insiders. Yeah. Uh, d- d- finger Derpy. Uh, uh, Android and iOS free to play but there's microtransactions oh one thing i one thing i wanted to talk about finger derpy that i forgot to mention there are obstacles in the game that are like tvs that say ad on them and if you Uh run into them it plays an ad (laughs) that's great that's pretty funny yeah i thought that was brilliant so you and as like if you like if you are better at the game you see fewer ads yes that's good yeah i like that yeah approved yeah what about you, Kevin? Uh, I played a an iOS game uh, that is super hard to search for. Uh, it, it's called Singularity, which is apparently a PC game that I don't know anything about, or a console game that I don't know anything about. Uh, but it's also it's got a subtitle of Modern Lights Out. It is a puzzle game that I guess is like lights out which i i have played before but i did not know it was called that um oh is that the one where you have a grid that toggles between two colors and when you hit one it toggles itself and all of its neighbors and its neighbors yep okay yep and uh you just need to make all the squares the same either on or off um and so you play through the sort of first batch of, of levels which is just the standard sort of set of puzzles like that with varying grid shapes and and compositions of tiles and then they start introducing additional mechanics, uh, things like squares that don't toggle unless you've toggled them twice, uh, squares that propagate only in one direction as opposed to all four, um, or sorry, only like two directions instead of all four, uh, squares that propagate your changes, an additional set mm. of squares and stuff like that. It's just, it's just another sort of interesting kind of take on a puzzle game. It's I of- downloaded it and was playing it and enjoying oh, yeah. it and just deleted it in a fit of rage after the third video ad video ad. i could not figure out how to stop huh i could not figure out how to pay them to turn that garbage off and it was like here's the same 15 second long fucking kate upton there were no game of warfire video ads when i played it was just it was just a i think it was free and intercut with still ads mm. but it was every six times i started a level yeah no that's about that's about i would say it was about every six levels but it was just fucking videos of kate upton leading an army into some clash of clans bullshit she's the new athena aren't you excited what i don't know that's just like just promoted tweets in my feed all the time from Uh, from her account she's like the new she's the new athena like just like the mythological figure athena i don't know she i don't know I don't really read the tweets. I just sort of skim them because they're in my feed is okay. I don't mean to, I don't mean to sound gross. Is there anything about her other than just, she has cool boobs. I don't know anything about Kate Upton. Like, is she just a, I mean, is she just a model? Is that her? I don't know. She might be an actress. I don't know. Cause we can look her up everywhere, everywhere for this game, everywhere. Like, I feel like every time I go to Reddit, there's like, here's another, here's a picture of Kate Upton's boobs uh, on that zero gravity simulator airplane. She's just a model, it looks like. So I don't, I guess they're just using her because she's. But why are they, what? 
Why is she tweeting about the game? What does it mean that she's the new Athena? What the fuck are they talking about? I don't know. What, why I think, do you, I think she's is like, in that game. I don't know anything about Game of War like or whatever it's called. Gods of article. War. Here's another person that you have to know who they are for some fucking reason. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> you know what? It just doesn't matter. Just ignore it and it will eventually go away. Give me an Adrienne Barbeau. <laughs> Give me a... Um, Raquel Welsh. Uh, anyway, so that was Singularity, Modern Lights Out, uh, for iOS. iOS, free with free fucking with garbage Game ads. of War Fire Age video ads. I, the video ads, Jesus. I never saw video ads, so I don't know if they've changed how that works or not. Maybe maybe it just doesn't show because I have old iOS. And like, I was angry in a way that I wanted to give them money, and then I was got angrier because I couldn't figure out how. <laughs> I don't even know that there was a way to just <laughs> they, pay they for might it. not. They might like, not disable have ads. At the very least, it wasn't like readily apparent. <sighs> the ads uh, that then, uh, I kept running into in, in Finger Derpy were like all city builder, like Clash of Clans stuff, which was weird to me. Like those are the, I mean, Clash of Clans is the probably the highest grossing game. Yeah, I guess so. In existence, and you know right? that because of the stupid fucking leaderboard they put in the app store. That no, how could I, anyone I, possibly care? I also know that about from that just chart reading. Because you are secretly the guy who made Clash of Clans. Yeah. Yeah. Highest grossing is not something that the end users should give a shit about. It's true. It's true. I think that might be there just to make the developers envious and get more developers. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. Um, I also played some games at um, at Zapcon. I played uh, I played some more Bosconian, which is just just a really good space shooter. I I like it a lot. Uh, Did you and, and Jenny? revive your uh, competition we did not she did not even know that it was there yeah. um i played a bunch of different pinball games i played uh i played polybius so i'm probably gonna die now eventually eventually it's like that mummy's curse where 70 80 years from now you'll be dead yeah i played space Shit. paranoids uh which is pretty pretty cool uh it's yeah, a beautiful space paranoids is fun it's beautiful cabinet um, it's like you're a tank running around in a maze. And shooting you have, recognizers and other tanks. You have the, a joystick that controls your tank and a trackball that controls the turret. Um, and you can't always, if you're pointed upwards, you can't always see the treads of the tank. So you don't necessarily know which way you're pointed. But there's a thumb button that recenters the tank with the direction that your turret is pointed. Um, right. So it's like this, it's this sort of crazy... It's, you're navigating very, very simple spaces, but it's sort of challenging because of the weird controls. Yeah. Uh, but in a way that's not frustrating. It's it's actually pretty fun. Yeah. It, uh, you I get limited ammo and you can stand on these pads to slowly recharge your ammo, but they only have a limited amount of energy in them. So you got to kind of tactically lure recognizers around and yeah, don't, don't you, get recognized. You can't miss much because you don't have enough uh, enough time to shoot things and still get new ammo. It is a little too easy. Like yeah. the game lasts too long, even if you're not very good at it. That's probably true. It wasn't is made that to be like oper- operator settings. I don't know. I mean, it's not a real arcade game, right? Like it, this is just a, a custom cabinet that that our, some of our buddies made oh, for yeah. Zapcon because it, it was a promotional game that they made for Tron Legacy. Like they just made the game that they were playing in Flynn's arcade in the original Tron, hmm. right? Which was just you know a CG thing but um but yeah there surely there is a difficulty setting i mean i think it was just a flash game or maybe it was made in unity but i think it was you could just play it on the web 
I really want to make uh, a t-shirt with a cool recognizer yeah, you do. on it. And you want to not say anything about that in a public forum eh. where you're going to get your ass sued. I don't know that that's true. Gonna, I'm not going to sell gonna them. They're going to send you to the game grid. That, okay, that would be cool. I don't know that it would be. I think you'd probably just like get derezzed right away. You think so? Because I'm not good enough. I don't know, man. I mean, I've never seen you really athlete. I can, cl- did, I can so climb a did wall. Did it depend on... Did the performance of the programs on the game grid depend on the athletic prowess of their users? That's an excellent question. Or their mental okay. mental prowess. Although, I don't know. As long as you didn't acuity. get pitted against any of, the, any of the games made by the CrossFit cult here uh. in Phoenix. Because <laughs> you're probably screwed then. Um... Yeah, I played the hook uh, pinball game probably the most of all of the things. Yeah, yeah, based on the Robin Williams yeah, Pan movie. It was good. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It was for whatever reason it was just more straightforward than any other pinball game that I had I played there, and I was just always able to make the shots into the various lanes and get a bunch of multi balls, and it was just satisfying to play in a way that because I'm not very good at pinball, so I I fi- I was glad to find a machine that sort of played to my strength you also like uh that blackbeard one i think maybe you just like pirate, pirate, pirate. themed pinball yeah, machines that's entirely possible yeah yeah the one with the cannon and it's yeah, yeah that's the one i was talking about. i don't remember what it's called Bla- broadsides maybe or maybe yeah something yeah. it has a it has a busty lady pirate it does it i don't that's remember probably what, that's probably what you like yeah <laughs> is it kate upton <laughs> yeah what I about think, you, Zach? What I feel do you like mean? I something kept saying Kate Hudson. I know who Kate Hudson is. She's an, she's an actress. She is. Although now I'm suddenly not sure which one is Kate Hudson. Almost and famous. And which one is Kate Winslet. All right. Kate Hudson is from Almost Famous. Yes. Okay. Kate Winslet is from Titanic. Yes. Okay. Yep. I played a game, uh, a Kickstarter game that I backed years ago uh, called Convoy came okay. out. And it is. Is it Car Wars? It, sort of. It, yeah? It's like FTL, but Car Wars. Ooh. Yeah. I knew you'd be excited. Um, it has some very frustrating gameplay mechanics to me. Um, so you basically have this like thing during the fight. Like you're, you're moving around a map and you have a bunch of encounters with little choice, choice things like in FTL. And there's a lot more of that than there is in FTL and relatively at least in my experience, fewer of them result in fights. When you are in a fight, you've got like, realistically, you could strip the background away and it would almost be like you weren't moving. Um, but essentially you've got a, you've got a, your main vehicle, which is like you in the center and you can have up to four, uh, escort vehicles that you control like, real-time strategy like you move them around and they have attack ranges and you give them a target and they will fire their weapons at the target and it's fine the movement is really weird because they act like they're vehicles right so like it it's harder to move left than right i guess because they are better at slamming on the gas than hitting the brake or whatever and the pathfinding is really goofy because they can't like crash into each other because that would look stupid but then you get these things coming in from the right side where there will be like just effectively five rows and a little skull will pop up in nothing ever happens in the center row because your main thing you can't move it's always right in the center of the screen 
it'll pop up a little skull saying there's something coming in this lane and then there will be like a cliff or whatever and if one of your convoy guys hits that cliff just instantly dead wow and like even if you've spent a you know most of your resources for the entire game beefing that thing up which would be fine if it was just a thing that you had to be careful about but the pathfinding is so shitty that you will often like tell this car to go somewhere from nowhere near the danger area to nowhere near the danger area and it will just pull over into the danger area to crash and suicide on these rocks. And that was a thing that was just so frustrating to me that I couldn't keep playing. Wow. That sucks. The game. It makes me sad because I really, really want a car Wars game. Is real time strategy like pathfinding better these days? Cause that was a thing that just happened all the time in like the nineties. And then I stopped playing the, the genre cause I realized I hated it, but I'm just wondering like, have you guys played Starcraft two? Are those guys smarter? I don't remember ever feeling like the pathfinding was bad in StarCraft 2. Well, with set maps, it's not hard, right? Because you can just build a giant lookup table. But yeah. with procedural maps, that's way more complicated, I feel like, because you actually have to do pathfinding in real time. And there's almost nothing... There, there. This Convoy game doesn't really have maps, right? It just has, like... Effectively, this could be in space, and every once in a while an asteroid comes through, and you're just... Like all of your guys are just sitting still. Yeah. Well, and the, the hard part isn't isn't actually navigating around stationary obstacles anyway. It's d- navigating around like dynamic obstacles, and also like in the case of danger zone, that's not really an obstacle. It's just like something to avoid. Yeah. But they don't seem to have any any desire to. I mean, so part of the gameplay is like ramming other cars so that they will crash into these things mm-hmm. and instantly die. And that's also part of gameplay that I could do without. I'm fine with this just being a really, really straightforward real time strategy thing. You liked the auto duel that was made by Lord British. I did not really. Actually, yeah. It just I like. I don't ever feel like I had the right sort of setup to actually play it the way that it was supposed to be. And it just, I don't know, it seemed really, it seemed janky. It didn't seem like driving at all. I liked it a lot. One of these days we got to play Interstate 76 as an assignment, if that's a thing that you can play. Huh. I've never, I don't know that I've even heard of it. It's a 3D game. It's like Car Wars. takes place in the 70s. Huh. It It was fairly early... 3D PC game. That might not be true. There that might a, be a dumb, that might be a really dumb thing for me to have said. It, it feels like it was maybe PS1 era. There was a game, maybe Death Race or something where you are racing against, you know, eight or 10 other like computer opponents. And when you win the race, you get cash and you can use that to buy weapon upgrades for your vehicles. And, um, that was a lot of, fun. I remember that game being a lot of fun. I used um, to play it. Hell out of uh, Carmageddon. Yeah, Carmageddon was was there like a that was like the weird arena second battler, though, right? Yeah, but it was they were they were really satisfying arenas. Yeah, as I recall, they were real complex. I, lots of lots of different routes and secrets and stuff. And I, I think, think that I'm way more interested in like the setting of a Car Wars or a Mad Max a Mad than Max, I am in yeah. the actual like driving and shooting sure. parts of it. And I kind of right. would like the driving and shooting parts of it to just be some you know, turn-based JRPG crap that you're mm-hmm. doing so that you can get back to the, like, base building and outfitting your cars. Like, my favorite part of Car Wars was building, was cars. building the cars. Like, yeah. just trying to optimize, like, weight versus cost versus ability to deal damage and stuff. And that was, like, so much fun to me. But then the actual, like, 
well, I'm skidding out of control, so I'm going to roll on this table to figure out, like, how far my back wheel moves relative to my front wheel on this grid and get out the (laughs) ruler. And I was like, man, that's not fun. Yeah, when you're making a game like that, it's so hard to, like, the temptation to make a, 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 a game where you control the car is so great because that's just immediately fun. Uh, whereas a strategy game, like, you can work on that for months before it becomes fun. Yeah. Build your car full of lasers, and then you run up against an enemy with reflex armor, and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, you got to get your buddy in the in the big rig yep. to just crash into him or knock him off a cliff or something. Yep. Convoy. Yeah, Convoy for PC. Um, Not free. It's no, it was not free. I don't remember how much I paid because it was a Kickstarter. Um, is your um, face on the cover? It's not. I got a I got a uh, a first draft of my NPC portrait from Starcrawlers, and I was pretty happy. Oh yeah, yeah. I really want that game to be finished so that I can play it. Like it's one of those things where I don't. It's in early access, and there's a lot of game there, but I just don't really want to like. It makes me sad to go in and like. Oh, I can't really get invested in these characters. Mm-hmm. Like progression wise because so much stuff is placeholder and I have no idea like what fundamental systems are missing at this point. I also don't know when it's going to come out. Early access. They probably don't. They also probably do not know when it's going to come out. We were going to talk about early access on this episode. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's later though. We've been talking about convoy by CW McCall. It's for PC. Okay. Who's CW McCall? Oh, he he uh, he wrote a novelty CB radio themed song in the seventies called Convoy. Aha. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Wasn't there a movie called Convoy? Yeah, it was based on the song. Oh, okay. That was like the Every Which Way But Loose era, or the uh, Cannonball Run. There was like it seemed like for a while the movies really liked hillbillies in cars. <laughs> you know, it was right. probably the popularity of the Dukes of yeah, Hazzard that created that say, like yeah. genre. Of yeah, movies. likely. It was weird because that was also the era where I was living in rural Southern Illinois with a bunch of people, you know, like my uncles regularly in demolition derbies and stuff. So it was like, it was like, well, of course that's what these movies are about. But then I look back and like, wow, that's fucking weird. You know, why did there's why there did are still a lot of people about that? There are still a lot of people living in the countryside. Like, I'm I'm surprised we don't see more of that stuff. There's still a lot in, of movies pop about culture. Cars. It's, it's just not cool, right? I mean, like, when there's a movie about cars, like Fast and the Furious, yeah. right? That's more, like, sort of gritty urban minorities rather than, like, good old boy hicks, right? Oh, right. okay. Sure. It seems, like, it seems like the golden age of that kind of thing is definitely past. Although, I guess Tokyo Drift was sort of a good old boy hick fish out of water story. And I guess a lot of it is just that, like, these movies are made by people who live in Hollywood and they make movies about what they think is cool, but like, you would think one of them would realize, wait a second, if I cater to the hillbillies, then there's a lot of them out there, and they all go see movies. That's true. They sometimes have to drive 30 or 100 miles to go see a movie, but they go see them. Yeah. Hmm. We really should play Interstate 76 at some point. Put it on the list. Yeah. I don't know where that list is anymore. It's on the computer. It's in Google Docs. Speaking of early access, do you guys want to talk about this assignment? Sure. sure. Catacomb Kids. Yeah. I I did not even get through the tutorial. 
What? Oh wow! Riff. Yeah, yeah. It I, is. It is pretty tough. It's like a remarkably hard tutorial. My controllers are all still packed, so I had to play it keyboard, and I'm discovering oh. that I cannot. I cannot do movement with my right hand. It, it, whether whether I'm doing WASD or if I'm doing like a stick on a on a controller, my left hand is for movement, and the right hand is for actions. And if you swap that and force me to use arrow keys for movement, I can't do it. Hmm. I'm, that's in, that's I'm interesting to me. I'm trained, so I definitely can switch back and forth, but... Oh, for me, like, what trained me to use arrow keys for action games was Nesticle. Like, and I have no problem switching back and forth between a, a D-pad under my left thumb and arrow keys under my right hand. It's That's weird now that I think about it. Yeah, arrow keys in ZX. Like, that's just NES emulation, and it was fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that is, that's weird. I hadn't, I hadn't really ever thought about that. We played a lot of Nintendo this, this weekend, and, uh, hmm. like, yeah. It's, it it's is. been a long time since I played a Nintendo emulator without plugging in a controller. So, right, yeah. I, I, man. <laughs> I saw at GDC, I saw a talk that the guy that made this game, or the guy that is making this game, gave about the way the levels get generated, and it was really interesting, and I was like, man, this game looks awesome, and I now I really wish that, you know, he was a cool guy and, and, and seemed really nice, and his level generation algorithm was really clever and really cool, and I wish it, that it was being used for a different game than this one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I actually think, like, a lot of the... So- I like a lot of things about this game. I like the platforming. I like the platforming controls a lot. Um, I like how, in the same way as NetHack, it does this... It, there's this uh, exhaustive detail of implementation where, like, you just you keep... You eat every corpse. You, you, you just keep finding new interactions for different kinds of objects. Like, it, <sighs> you... you, you you just keep discovering them. Um, and there's a lot of the player skill, I think, is that stuff, is just that broad knowledge base. Um, under understanding which of these things is going to instantly kill you when you do them. Yeah, and I think the main problem with this game is the early game balance, which is that, like, sometimes you sometimes you live for a couple of levels because you found a heal spell, and sometimes you die in the first five seconds because you trigger a trap. Um, and that, like... I think the randomness is crucial to the game. Like, I think, for example, Binding of Isaac uh, would have been much less interesting without just... Even though this just changed the difficulty, and maybe even because it... Um, wanting to... The compulsion to see, like, what what cool drop will I get this level? Um, what will my character's build be? I think that was really important to the, to the draw of that game. Um, I think Catacomb Kids, like... The the random the randomness of it is just too broad. And I, I also kind of wish that you were just a guy as opposed to going through this bewildering array of choices in the beginning before you know what anything means. Are there choices? I just remember like picking a character and starting. There were there were a bunch of different classes and then a bunch of different individual players within each of those classes with different skills and stuff. Like oh just yeah yeah. Like, the, it, it, it seems like this is a game that has the system, it has the systemic depth of like a just crazy elaborate RPG and then is trying to have the gameplay more or less of a spelunky, right? Where it's like, it, well, sometimes you just land on spikes right away and the game is just over, which is 
fine because you haven't like leveled up your spelunky guy. Like it's mm-hmm. it, it's it just sort of categorically. Uh, yeah, I just picked least, the guy with the, the, the most a, health. A style of game you don't find colliding with that other style. Yeah, yeah, and it, I, like I, it, it demands. This guy's been making this game for like five years, and I think he's really good at it. And I think that's really affecting his design choices. Like he just knows he's internalized all this stuff and can do the real time combat in real time and understand what's going on and not just yeah. button mash. The thing in the tutorial where it's like, here's a trick you can do roll out of an opening and jump so that you can get back up to this. Like you can just like have a tunnel that goes into the middle of a room and not fall out of it, but go upwards oh, from God, it. Yeah. It was fucking crazy. Like that, that yeah. was where I stopped. <laughs> yeah. Like that. <laughs> And, and that just seemed like, here's a move we have to give the player because that makes our level generation algorithm a lot easier to deal with if rooms can connect to rooms at any height. Yep. And it, like, just executing that move, like, if that's all I had to do, I would be able to pull that off. But doing it in the middle of anything else. And I mean, partly, like, I was talking to Kevin about this yesterday. It's sort of like, you know, in Spelunky, you can run out an opening, jump and catch the upper lip of the block that was above you. And that's a pretty important skill for actually being able to get around in levels. And it's tricky at first, but you get good at it and then you can just do it all the time. And that's fine. And that's probably what's going on here. It's just that it demands that kind of stuff of you to finish the tutorial rather than... (laughs) You know, and, and then even after you finish the tutorial, it demands that sort of precision and mastery of the, of the mobility systems. Spelunky, you only ever have to go down to get to the next level, which is huge because you don't have to know all of the tricks for platforming to be able to like exhaustively, you know, what, once you get good at it, you recognize, all right, well, if I sprint and jump, I can catch here and mantle up and get to this other section without having to use a rope. And that's getting good at Spelunky is like, I can actually go to most of the places in this level as opposed to just like running and ending up at the bottom, but skipping half the level. So you don't get the points and you don't get, you know, you don't find the secrets and the items and stuff because this one is so omnidirectional. You have to be so good at the platforming in order to like actually experience any of the game most of the time you weren't blocked by your progress was not blocked by being by needing to be able to do that like a roll and jump and catch kind of thing though like at least not in my experience i i I was able to traverse most of the map just by moving around and jumping i didn't have to sprint to sprint and jump i didn't have to yeah i I did that i did that move a couple of times in actual play and it felt like a novelty huh but upgrading to where you get the um what was it? What is that upgrade called where you can just run up the walls? Oh, that yeah. Made a bunch of difference um, in terms so, of mobility. It just fucking show me the goddamn screen. Like, don't put the shroud of lighting effects making you so you can't see anything that's more than three squares away from you. Like, uh, you want so a character with higher intelligence then so they can see better. Really? Is that a fucking thing mm-hmm. in this game? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh That's really funny. God. Intelligence makes you see better, huh? <laughs> okay. I think so. I, I think must, that's I the must have just it. been picking the dumbest possible character then, because it was like, ugh, man. They all all the stats have you know different impacts on how the game 
unfolds and one i think i think it was intelligence is the thing that that affects how far you can see like limiting you like that is that is specifically a like hardship that spelunky will occasionally inflict on you is a dark level mm-hmm. and dark levels are a motherfucker like on daily challenges where there's a dark level the scores are probably 75% lower on yep. average yep. because dark levels are dark levels are are ter- it is the worst handicap <laughs> and this the entire game is like that you could turn the brightness up and it's not so bad because yeah, once you've once you've been somewhere you remember that part of the level it's just it's just going to new places where the, ra- the vision range is limited i think i've concluded i just hate sightline mechanics in two dimensional games like anywhere where your view is not the player's view I just can't oh, stand. I can't stand line of sight mechanics. Your view is not the player's view. Like basically, in any non-first-person game. So, because the player can see the whole level, but the character can't. The character gets like is moving around, but they only see monsters when they're actually in line of sight, kind of thing. Yeah, I just don't like that. I mean, and I especially don't like like in Brogue or whatever. Like the the sort of modern roguelike ethic where every time you move almost every square on the screen changes what it looks like in response to your move because it's ray casting out all the sight lines. Like, I just can't stand that. Like, it's like, all right, so most of the movement on the screen is not movement that is relevant to my experience of the game right now. It's just, hey, check out this thing we figured out how to do with sight lines and shading all of the brogue bricks and different grades of ASCII color. Man, I... mm. There's so many cool looking things about this game and there are so many cool ideas in this game. It's so I, many it's, systems. It's just so comp it's a combination of so complicated and so hard. Like I could handle a game that was complicated if it was easier to actually execute on stuff, and I could handle a game that was hard if there were fewer things to execute on. I was really but annoyed it's just this sweet spot like a it's like a sour spot with the magic system. The fact that a magic spell it both consumes energy and chart like Finite oh yeah usually usually magic systems use one or the other yeah and using both just seemed like it was trying to be on like super restrictive use of of the the system i think i found some spells but i could never figure out how to actually use them did you have any learn points i don't know yeah you don't you have to level up to get points to learn spells hmm so this guy with a weed or sure is getting closer to me <laughs> huh. Is this going to be the tragic final episode of <laughs> Video Games Hot Talk for you, Jim? We'll see. I, I'm saying that because I'm assuming you can hear him. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fine. I don't know if it'll be fine right. or not. All we'll right. just mute you the entire time. Yeah, that works. Um, yeah, so, you know, I don't regret buying this game. I'm curious to see what it will be like once it has more yeah. development, whether whether they will change any of the fundamental systems at all or polish it up. Like, everything just felt a little mushy to me. Like, combat, because you don't collide with enemies. You can go through them, and that oh, feels really? weird. Yeah, that does feel It seems like, in, in my experience, at least you also have really, really short range on melee attacks, yeah. which I find really dissatisfying. Yeah. And you're constantly just clashing swords with the enemies you're fighting it's interesting your your point that he's been working on it for so long that he is really good at it Mm. is 
that seems like a very easy trap to fall into. Yeah. yeah. See, we've yeah. been working on a yeah. game for 12 years, but none of us are any good at it at all, which I think oh. lets us lets us keep it accessible for <laughs> for demos like us. That's smart. Yeah. Are you super super good at frog fractions? <laughs> I'm not uh, not as good as the the current world record holder. Um. <laughs> Although I do know some cheat codes that would let me beat his record. Like, I, <laughs> I was thinking about, like, should I tell this guy, like, about... I, I'm, I guess I'm not going to say what they are. Um, no clip. <laughs> basically, like, should I, should I tell this guy? Like, because they really are just, like, they're, they're not even glitches. They're just like, yeah, skip to this next part of the game. What is the, what is the SimCity one for money? Oh, uh, it was like Porn Tips Gazardo or something? <laughs> huh. I forget which version of SimCity that was. I remember Black Sheep Wall cleared the fog of war in Warcraft 2. Okay. Um, man, I used to remember a lot of them. Oh. ID Spizpop D. ID DQD. Mm-hmm. There's dog mode in uh, Rise of the Triad, <laughs> but that was just a power up you would find. It wasn't like a wasn't a cheat code. Give the bear right. lots of air. Not uh, what's next assignment, Cap? What's the next sentence out of my mouth, Kevin? Marbles. That's the sentence. Marbles. <laughs> We're playing Marble Madness. We're not playing Marble Madness. Oh. I'm playing a game called Out There. Yeah. Which is it was an iOS game uh, that I kind of bounced off of, but now there's a Steam version, which I'm hoping will hold my attention more. Yeah, I think it's on Android, iOS, and PC. I've heard good things about it. I've heard that it's an atmospheric sort of uh, roguelike space survival resource management sort of game where you're exploring planets and managing your airs and things, and there's no fighting. Yeah, which the, will the environment be is your enemy. The enemy, the real enemy, is within. The real game is the most dangerous one. Yeah. People? Mm-hmm. Yep. Ah, Kevin, if somebody wanted to send us a listener's mail for earlier in the is episode, Soylent how they Green do that? the most dangerous food? Yes. Actually, Soylent is the most dangerous food. You don't want to go anywhere that they're having that. <laughs> <laughs> the best way to get in touch with us is to, uh, via our website, uh, videogameshotdog.com. There's a form there where you can put questions and comments which we're getting better at reading on a regular basis yeah i think doing them early is yeah that's the right I'm way feeling, i'm feeling good about that yeah yeah because it both pads out that goofy section that we never know what we're supposed to be doing and it also guarantees that we do some listeners mail yep sure yeah. it's just it's a good warm-up you know it gets us talking it gets it gets our gooses loosened <laughs> uh, huh. i don't think we should have any loose gooses Hey, um, while I'm here, I want to plug uh, the return of Advice Hot Dog, which was oh, the yes. first show in the Hot Dog Network. Uh, Roy and I have been recording episodes. Um, we're going we're gonna to record them while I'm in Phoenix and release them slower than they're being recorded. So there's only one new one so far, but I, uh, I think it's pretty good. Yep. And I would encourage I you all to go to that it is pretty good. advicehotdog.com, where you can ask for advice. And then you can also uh, you can find the feed and uh, listen to... Listen to me talking not about video games with my good friend Roy. Sometimes you talk about right. video games. Yeah, I do. We, I guess we occasionally talk about. Sometimes video people games. ask you questions about video games and yeah. want advice about how to beat them. Of all of the podcasts that I've ever done, uh, that is the one that people say the nicest things about. 
Um, hmm. So huh. I, I, you should check it out if you're uh, if you're a fan. It's uh, it's it's really it's it's really pleasant to do. I like Plus you'll, to, you'll I like get to learn about Roy, who's a really great uh, spirit. He's a cool guy. You might want to you might want to hire him to do your public art. That's true. Gentlemen, I've had a yeah. fantastic time recording well, episode number 195 of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and Jim has something to say. Uh, yes, uh, I wanted to, uh, while we're plugging stuff, yeah. um, Stevie just put out the uh, the T-Cart Jam Pack, so you can finally uh, download all that stuff and play it, and like it's reasonably debugged, so the games will talk to each other. I helped Where do write people find ridiculous that? dialogue for one of those. Yeah, good job. I actually, like, I don't know, probably search for T-Cart 2000. Uh, it's on, uh, I know it's on um, Itch.io, so. We'll uh, put it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the, that's my plan. And I hope we do it again real soon. Yes. Listeners, I hope you'll join us. And until you do, keep your ear on the microwave and keep cleaning the chair. Until next week. Yeah. Have a great week, everybody. In the years since you've said this, nobody's discovered what you mean. Could you clarify or at least confirm? I checked and I was full of shit. (laughs) 